We end last week's parasha where they went to Paro and Paro says, who is Hashem? And he says that if they have time to complain, let them go take that time and collect the straw. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes back to Hashem. It's a chutzpah question. He asks God, why did you do evil to this nation? Why did you send me? From the time you sent me, they've only done evil. There's a question of how long there's a separation between this and the next stage. I saw brought by some Chachamim that it was unlikely that when Moshe got to the burning bush, he was already 80 years old. They suggest maybe he was only 60 years old and his wife had to be younger because they have a baby on the way. It's not natural to say she had a baby, she was 80. And they say maybe 20 years went by between Paro telling them you're going to get destroyed yourself and Moshe coming back. It's a minority opinion, but it's an interesting opinion to think about. That there really wasn't a week or a month of them gathering extra straw. It was really 20 years of them gathering the extra straw, making it much more difficult. So we begin this parasha, and it begins very strange wording. It says, So we have a double, double wording here. And then we have, Whenever we see the word, it's a tough language. When we see the word, it's a soft language. We see when the Ten Commandments, the introduction of the Ten Commandments, we see that Hashem says, when you're going to give it to Bet Yaakov, Bet Yaakov, Emor, right? With soft language, because Bet Yaakov is considered the women. Bet Hagid, and you're going you're gonna to tell it to Dabed, you're going to tell it to Bnei Israel. So Hashem is beginning by Dabed Elohim, and it's double, because it's Elohim, Midat Hadin. So you see that Hashem is responding to Moshe one way, and all of a sudden, reverses course, Vayomer Elav. One opinion is that Hashem is telling Moshe, you know, then the Orach Haim, he brings it, he says that Hashem is telling Moshe, you, you know, maybe I made a mistake. I introduced myself to you as Hashem, as Havaya, as Yudke Vavke, as the God of mercy. And maybe that's why you had the chutzpah to speak to me like this and said, Lama Herota. He says, so Vaydaber Elohim, Moshe, you know what? Know your place. And then it continues, Vayomer Elav. Then he softens it. Some opinions are, Vaydaber is, this is what I'm going to do to Paro. Boom. Vayomer Elav, this is what I'm going to do to Bnei Israel. I'm going to treat them with mercy. He brings one other opinion that's interesting. He says that he's showing Moshe Rabbeinu that, you, that you know, sometimes, sometimes Elohim is going to be willing to, to, uh, to absorb Havaya. And sometimes Havaya is willing to absorb Elohim. Meaning that sometimes one will reign supreme. Because we say when judgment comes onto the world, there's, no one, there's nowhere to hide. But he's saying, so maybe the judgment's going to overtake the Havaya, or the Havaya's, the mercy's going to overtake 
the judgment in the zechut of something. He also brings that Moshe Rabbeinu should understand that there can be a combination of Elohim and mercy, of, of Deen and mercy, which is unique to Hashem. I saw also one very interesting thought, and it's not brought by the Orachayim, but the stories are brought about the Orachayim. It says, by Daber Elohim, Hashem, Hashem is saying to Moshe, you think that nothing happened? How did you get into the palace? How did you get into the palace? You just walked through the front door. Nobody stopped you. And one of the things the Orachayim brings is when they were going to the palace, they were going Moshe, Aharon, and all the elders of B'nai Israel. And what happened to the elders as they were making their way to the palace? They dropped off. And he brings the possibility that the only reason the decree came, because Hashem said to them, you don't have faith. The elders dropped off. They didn't come in because they didn't have faith. The decree of the straw came because the elders dropped off. But he's telling Moshe Rabbeinu, you walked into the palace. How did you get into the palace? The Midrashim say the palace of Paro was not just guarded by guards. It was guarded by trained lions. And the lions would not permit anyone to come in who wasn't invited to come in. And the Midrash says, but when Moshe came in, the lions went to lick his feet. And this was a miracle on its own that someone could come in and the lions are not going to do anything to the person. We learn in Bereshit that when Hashem created Adam, He created Adam to rule over the entire world, including the animals. But what happens when Adam sins, he drops himself a level and the animals say, hey, you ain't nobody anymore. We don't have to be afraid of you. But when you have someone who's a Sadiq on the highest level, he returns to the level of Adam before the sin. And the lion, therefore, bows to, to, to uh, Moshe. I thought it was interesting, but I, I, I was just thinking about it. We say that Moshe is the tikkun of Noach. We said Neshama is Noach, Shet, Moshe, Hevel. And Noach failed. Why did Noach fail? Because when, when Hashem tells Noah, I'm going to bring a, a flood to the world, Noah says, fine, I'll go into the ark. When Hashem tells Moshe that I'm going to destroy B'nai Israel, Moshe says, take me first. Okay? So Moshe's tikkun on Noah is when he says, no, don't destroy. Noah goes into the ark. What happens to Noah? Noah gets injured in the ark one time. By who? By the lion. Maybe it's the fact that Noah dropped a level because he didn't reach the level that he's, his potential. His potential could have been that he could have saved the world. The others say that, you know, how could the lion be such an ingrate to, to Noah? You know, he's taking care of everyone for a year. But the rabbis say the only reason Noah survived was because of the chesed he did with the animals to take care of them. So the animals, so the lion is saying, you think you're doing me a favor? I'm doing you a favor by you taking care of me. But why would the lion attack Noah when, he, when the lion falls at the feet of Moshe? Maybe that's a reason. There's two stories brought about the Orachayim that I saw. And they're very interesting because they're both a lions. One story is, when he was in Morocco, there was a debate over the, which grasshoppers could be kosher or not kosher, because grasshoppers we could eat. If you find the kosher grasshopper, they have which ones 
Some people know you could eat the grasshopper. What's the beracha of the grasshopper? Shakol niyevibado. If you get to eat a grasshopper, that's the beracha you're going to make. So when we get to Israel, we have they have the chocolate covered ones. So, so the question then is the question. <laughs> so what what happened? So the, what happened? There was a debate. They brought it to the king. I don't know what happened. It says that he threw the orachaim into a den of lions. And the lions, after he figured he's going to be dead in uh, five minutes, three hours later, he sees the lions are sitting on the floor and the Orachayim is there reading. He says, what, what's going on? We have another story with the Orachayim, with the lions. It says when he finally went to Eretz Israel, he went from Morocco to Israel, and he took a caravan to go across the desert. I don't know which desert. And as he's coming across, the caravan of Arabs decides, okay, Shabbat, we're not stopping, we're going. And he says, no, no, I need to stop Shabbat. I can't go, Tehum Shabbat, I can't go. And someone says, listen, you're putting yourself in physical danger. There's animals, wild animals. There's robbers. You're not going to survive. Stay with the caravan, Pikuach Nefesh. And he says, absolutely not. And he leaves the caravan and he stops in the desert with some supplies and he says, I'll catch up to you. Says that a lion came, a big, big lion came and sat next to him and lay next to him where he was in the desert and stayed with him the entire Shabbat. And at the end of Shabbat, the lion bows his head to him as if to get on him. And he gets on him and he rides quickly and he brings him to the caravan. When he got to the caravan sitting on the lion, the Arab said, Okay, every Shabbat will stop. We're not going to... Well, what's the whole, the point of the story? I think the point of the story is that man is given dominion over nature by a spiritual side. But man has to be able to reach the level to, to have that dominion. Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, you're the guy. You could see that you're the guy. You went into the building and the lions did nothing to you. Now you're complaining. You're living in a miracle. I think it also takes it back to Yosef in the pit. Yosef is in the pit. The snakes don't touch him. He knows Hashem is with him. Moshe, you should know that I'm with you. I'm with you the whole step. So don't be worried about what happens. Everything's going to happen as it needs to happen. Sometimes we go through things in life and we say, why is Hashem doing this to me? But if we have the faith to know, I'm with Hashem, I'm connected to Hashem, Hashem is with me, in the end... We have to have faith that there's a reason for everything. One of the things the Orach Hayim brings is Hashem never does bad. He never does bad. He brings here that bad only comes through free choice of man. So we have to realize that if something happens that we don't understand, it's not Hashem. Hashem's going to be able to fix it, take care of us, do what's right for us. And that's a matter of us having the faith. And he's telling Moshe in the beginning here, Moshe, Elohim, Havaya, it's all the same. You just have to look at it the right way. And then we see all the miracles in the rest of the Perashah.